Hi there. You're listening to Happy Hostess Podcast with Christy Lalonde. I'll be sharing episodes each week to help you entertain and welcome guests into your home without all the stress. There will be guest interviews with party planning and hospitality experts that share their secrets to becoming a confident hostess. So get comfortable as we find the joy in celebrating life's big and small moments. Hello, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Happy Hostess podcast. I'm thrilled to have Lucy Dean of the Lucy Grimes Paper Company here to share her story and give us some tips for table styling this spring. We connected on Instagram and through Lydia Menzies Supper Club, and it's so exciting to have her here. Lucy, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited. Well, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background? So, okay, perfect. I'll just jump right in. Sure. Um, I'm Lucy, Lucy Dean of Lucy Grimes, which people always confuse. (laughs) And we have, or I have a paper tabletop company. You might know us for our paper placemats or our paper vase wraps, which are those origami inspired paper sleeves that go over like your mason jar or your can or whatever small vessel you have. We have our new paper wine bag kits and we're coming out paper plates. So we're just building out the hostess gifting and hostessing things all over the place. (laughs) That's so exciting about the paper plates. Yes, they're coming out in July, hopefully, fingers crossed. And they're extra thick, a little plug before we even start. They're extra thick ones that aren't on the market. So when you hold them with one hand, they don't droop when they're full of spaghetti. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) You thought of everything. Well, we're trying. (laughs) Well, so what inspired you to start Lucy Grimes? So it's not like that crazy of a story, but I was doing, I'm in DC, I'm in Washington, DC. So any of you that have had stints or live here know that it's a consulting's a big thing here. So I was doing the classic consulting gig after college and I realized I want to do something more creative. So I went back and got... um, a certificate in textile design because my true love is wallpaper and textiles for interiors. And, but I missed DC. So I was like, okay, there's no textile industry there. So what can I do with this? And so um, voila, I was like, okay, it must be paper, which I was like kind of disappointed at at first, but now I love, I have a deep love for it now. And, but I didn't know what I was going to do with paper because you can't just like, I didn't have an idea yet. And I did lots of entertaining and I lived in a tiny condo. And so I don't have a lot of, you know, vessels, vases or anything like that. So when I would have dinner parties, I would use all of my stemless wine glasses as my vases for down the table. So I love a lot of low centerpieces, but then there was nothing for my guests to drink out of. (laughs) So I was like, there has to be a way to cover up something ugly. So then I have my nice stemless wine glasses. And that's how I came up with the paper vase wraps. And then with it, the paper placemats was really where I was able to use um, my love for design and surface pattern design and have that come alive because that's not necessarily an original idea, but that's where I get to do all my fun pattern making. So that's how we started. (laughs) Need, necessity. Yes. I love that you solved your own problems that you were having. Yeah. A lot of people think I like was an origami lover and that's where it started, but I learned how to fold origami to create my idea. (laughs) So it was the opposite. Wow. That is 
That's so fun. Now, I know your company is a little unique from others in some ways. Can you tell us what makes you a little different? Well, we are a small but mighty company, which I guess might not make us different from a lot of other, but I do like to always point that out because we wear a ton of different hats. It's myself. And recently I've had a wonderful gal, Riley, um, young gal, Riley helped me. And we do everything from hand packaging to press checks to make sure colors are right to I do all the original artwork with watercolors to managing wholesale stores. We're in over 500 stores across the country to doing direct-to-consumer markets on the weekends to Instagram and Pinterest and TikTok. Although we did just close our TikTok account because we didn't have enough bandwidth. It's a little out of my comfort zone. Um, So we do literally everything and it's fun. It's exhausting, but I love it. Now, most of your products are made in the US, right? Almost all of our products are made in the US and they're made right here in DC. So like our placemats are printed here in DC. Our vase wraps are printed and scored and hand folded here. We fulfill out of Missouri with another um, small owned women fulfillment company, which is awesome. And our wine bags are made overseas. We tried to make them here, but we couldn't. And our cocktail napkins are made in New York. So yes. Yep. That's great that you were able to make that a priority. We try it. It's kind of sad because as we expand, there's just some things we want that we can't make here, but we try. If we can, we do it. I know. Sometimes it is, it's just not feasible. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have like the machinery to do it here. You know, if like they can't get it here, I'm still going to make my idea. (laughs) Now, what do you think first drew you to your interest in entertaining? Well, my mom was always... So I grew up in Colorado, which is very laid back and casual. And my mom always just made everything look so effortless and easy and fun. And so I was like, oh, this is great. (laughs) And then I started doing it. I'm like, oh, wait, it's not so easy and effortless and fun. It takes like effort and work and experience to make it seem that way. I'm sure everyone has experienced that. So I kind of became determined to become an effortless hostess. And my big thing is, and why it interests me and what I strived for was, you know, you walk into some people's houses and you feel like you were supposed to be there. You feel like they want you there. You feel like you belong and you walk into some other people's houses and it's kind of like they're stressed. You don't know if they like really want to be doing this or they really want you there. And it's crazy. And it's not really a great ambiance. And so my goal is to help people because I wanted this for myself to give that feeling of like that welcome, open, calm ambiance when people enter your house. And that helps with easy hostessing. Oh, you nailed it. That is That makes or breaks an event for sure. Right. And it's not as easy as it, you know, people just make it seem so easy and it's not. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, that's what drew me to it. Because I was like trying to become my mother because it's, I thought it would be easy and it wasn't. Well, that I'm sure she is pleased to hear that. Now, so do you entertain in a similar way now? Um, like, is it usually casual or? 
It is. Um, I think that's the phase of life I'm in too. I don't have kids. So um, it's a lot of dinner parties with other young couples and, you know, for different events, whether it's the Super Bowl or it's a gingerbread decorating party or... I do like to host bigger parties, like a costume party at Halloween, but it is much more casual and smaller. Just, I think that has to do with the phase of life. And we all live in the city of DC and we all live in, you know, townhouses and condos and you just don't have as much room. (laughs) I bet you have to make arrangements for that. Exactly. You rent out places. So it is a much more casual, but I think there's just as much work that goes into a small casual gathering as like a big formal one. Or not always. There can be just as much work, you know, because you're still cooking a multi-course meal. You're still setting a table. You're still cleaning and preparing and, you know, going to the liquor store. So it is still, you still have to do all the same tasks just at a different scale. Speaking of dinner um, with your tables. As an artist, you're so creative. I think it would be hard to narrow down ideas because you probably have lots to choose from. Can you tell us what your process is when you're planning your table? For example, a spring table, where would you start? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, we do have lots of color palettes and ideas to go off of, but I always say, is you start with one thing and build from there. Whether you have peonies growing in your garden and that's what you want to use as your flower, or you are drawn to this one pattern of a placemat and you love it, and you, or a tablecloth that you just had to buy, I would choose one thing that you then work from because it makes it a lot easier. Then you kind of get your texture and your color and your pattern and your scale from that. And I don't think there's even a right or wrong thing to choose from. Maybe it's this candle holders you bought off of anthropology. I don't know, something. But from there, then I build. So once you have your anchor piece, I would call it, then I start with the base layer of the table. And you figure out um, if you have a beautiful wood table, maybe you don't put a tablecloth down. Maybe you're using a plastic folding table out on a patio and you need to put a tablecloth down. So you figure out your layer base. And then I am all, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm all about layers, layers, layers. I think layers makes a table seem full, complete, intentional. So I'm a big believer in a placemat. You can even use two placemats on top of each other. Um, I like to have my dishes out because I love dishes. Already set on the table. You do not have to do that if you don't like your dishes. And then I always... Um, I'm talking about the table setting first. So the layer, the tablecloth, or maybe your wood table, your placemats, your dish. And then I always think the most often overlooked, but most important part of a table setting is the napkin. It's You can fold a napkin in so many different ways and it adds dimension to your table. So I think it's a fun way, you know, you could fold like a bunny at Easter. You can Fold as a fun pocket to put your silverware in. If you're, you know, don't want to put a dish on it, you can, you know, fold it in a bow or a knot. I mean, it's endless. And then I do the centerpiece. I do my centerpiece last and I sprinkle a ton of little things all the way down the table, whether it's ceramic bunnies I have on my bookshelf all year round to a ton of mini vases, 
to vases and candle lights. I wanted candlelit dinner. Like you, I always change that up and that's where I have all my fun. So I set the table, I set my place settings first and then I have a lot of fun with the centerpiece because I think that's where you can be art, super artistic. And then I'm also, side note, a fan of a ton of little things down the table, like arrangements or candles or mix mash um, versus one big one. I think it's a lot easier. If you're not a flower arranger, you can arrange your flowers easier small arrangements. Um, and I also think it promotes conversation because there's nothing blocking. And then you can always leave some space for food if you want like desserts or bread or water goblets or wine to be in the table too. I think it just adds easier flow. That was a very long answer. I'm sure you might have follow-up questions. <laughs> well, I, there were so many good things in there. One thing um, about the, the napkins, I love that you mentioned that they can really add a lot of dimension and even with the, if you use a napkin holder, you know, it's another place to add more texture or. Exactly. Sort of I love a napkin ring. Yes. Um, it's an easy way to tie your napkin and add texture and dimension. And I will add on the napkin front too, is if you're scared of mixing and matching patterns, an easy way to start and get comfortable is mixing and matching your napkin. So each place setting gets a slightly different napkin. That's kind of an easy segue into like, becoming more comfortable with more pattern. That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. Do you have any like rules of thumb that you feel like makes mixing and matching certain patterns easier? No, but I will also say if you're scared or, well, okay, I'll say two things. I think a stripe and a gingham are neutrals. So you could kind of think as those as being a neutral, not as a pattern. If you are learning or if you're a little apprehensive, that's one easy rule of thumb. I also think you can use the classic rule of you start with a bigger scale on the bottom and you work up to a smaller scale. So like maybe you have a big floral print as your tablecloth and then you have something smaller as your napkin and your placemat or your plate. That's a very easy way. You can also stay within the same color. So if you use a ton of different blue patterns, that can make people a little more comfortable. I say do what you're comfortable with and just play around. And as you play around more, it'll start becoming easier. I also think if you invest in a couple quote neutral patterns, which I call like a gingham and a stripe and those types of like more basics, you get a lot of use out of them. And you can, you'll use them in a lot of things and they'll always look different. They won't just look like the same striped tablecloth. It'll always look different when you put different things on it. So it's a great investment piece. That is true. And that way you can mix in more inexpensive items. For example, your placemats are a very good example of that. That's what I always think of is just your creative designs. When I think about Lucy Grimes um, and people, yeah. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but I do think as a side note that the paper placemats are a fun way to like change it up for a holiday, like Easter, without having to go and invest in like Easter linens that you have to store all year. Like it's a great way to like, or a ladies luncheon that's citrus themed or like that's Florida themed. You can use a lemon ones. It's just like a fun way to change up from your basic four sets of linens you have. So it is, I agree with you. Right. Especially if you have a lot of people coming, like you said, a ladies luncheon, you know, if you have 20 people coming, you may not want to buy 20 $10 placemats um, that are just themed for that particular 
luncheon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, it's a very economical and fun way to add more patterns. And you can obviously buy more patterns because it is inexpensive. Right. And you can use them with your fancy things. Like I'm a high-low person. You know, you put a fancy tablecloth underneath or a target tablecloth underneath, who cares, paper placemats, and you can use your nice china. Because if you're not using it, why do you have it? <laughs> right. Exactly. So I'm all about high and low layering patterns. Like it just have fun because otherwise it becomes boring. And people are so creative in the ways that they use your placemats for things other than just a placemat. For instance, Mary Alice Myers from Mary Alice Home, she showed us how to make these little mini cone baskets that were so cute out of one of your placemats in Lydia's Supper Club. And I'm just dying to do that for Easter with your pink English garden placemat. I think it's going to be so cute. What are some other creative ways that you found to use the placemats other than as a placemat? Yeah, I mean, it actually blows my mind the things I see on Instagram that people end up using our placemats for. And that's a perfect example. I'm like, wow, would have never thought of that. Okay, well, my favorite use for it is because inevitably there's 24 that come in a pack and you're not going to necessarily use all 24, right? right? So wrapping paper, it's the perfect size sheet for like a small gift, a book, you know, just something like that. And you just put it in your with all your other wrapping paper. So it's kind of out of your kitchen. It's done when you only have your five sheets left. So I love that. Some of the more plain patterns that aren't like super seasonal or you could change it four seasons. It's fun as a mat. I have them on a mat, um, white frame, a mat with some black and white photographs in it. Again, because I like color and pattern, I find it a fun way to like do a gallery wall and bring in some pattern and color onto a gallery wall. Then on the flip side of that, you can also frame it as art because they are original watercolors and for pattern and you can again for a gallery wall or like in a kid's room or in a bathroom or you know somewhere we just want a little pop of color in a small space and then you can line an acrylic tray that's my favorite use of it so I think that's a fun way to bring a pop of color to your you know when you're entertaining to your bar to where your glasses are to whatever and again you change that up with the season that the holidays or in the summer or um for you know uh, the Super Bowl or whatever it is. So I think that's a fun use too. It um, is. But I've seen so many uses on Instagram. It, it's pretty crazy. I think I've seen someone also do a, I'm not sure that I'm going to say this the correct way, but like a folded little pocket for the silverware. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that was Megan Conlin. Yes. Yes. That it, was brilliant, which I was, thought was so fun. It was super, super cute. I don't know what those are called. <laughs> I, need to, I know exactly I what you're talking about. Yeah, like a silverware pocket. I mean, I don't know. Is there a fancier name? <laughs> Probably. We'll remember later, I bet. Now, let's talk about our spring tables again. What are some ways that we can just kind of take our spring tables that we might have in general and kind of spruce it up a bit for Easter? Okay, well, I think... Like I kind of mentioned before, is people don't use, well, some people do, but some people don't use their um, china. So my first thing is, is take that china out, use it. If you haven't used it in a while, plan your table around it. I think it's like a fun way to 
elevate your Easter table because on Easter, you kind of want an elevated table. It's a big event and it's, you know, whether it's just your family having brunch or you're having a 40 people over, okay, maybe don't use your china with 40 people, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just a fun way to elevate. The other thing I'm going to say is tulips. I think use tulips on your table. Again, if you know me already, you know, no surprise, tulips are my favorite flower because put them out a couple of days early. They open, they close, they dance, they grow. Like it's just so fun to watch the tulips on your table for like the days before, the days after, even during your meal. I just think it adds such a whimsicality. They're such a whimsical flower in the way they bend and move that it's just perfect for Easter in the spring and like lights and growth and rebirth and it all you know yes and so their I colors think it's, yeah and like and they're light and they're airy yeah and their colors are so fun I think you could mix and match all the tulip colors and it looks beautiful it's just such as and there's no arranging needed you literally cut them and you plop them and they're good to go so I say tulips um I also use side tip mini wine crafts that are like eight ounces, I think, or are they six ounces? I don't know. But it's the perfect thing to arrange small arrangements in vessel. Yes. Because that's the perfect size neck. It's not too small. A bud vase, I think, is too small. Your flowers can't breathe. And a mason jar, personally, I think they just take too many flowers to fill. So it becomes expensive. A mini wine craft, like let your flowers breathe and grow and be a beautiful arrangement without taking any skill. And it's perfect for like four or five stems of tulips. They are. That those are my easiest things to arrange. Yeah, it's perfect. So yeah, I'd say if if appropriate, just take out that china, use tulips because I think they are the perfect flower and layer your table. Have fun. If you're going to do pastels, maybe put a pop of orange with like a carrot napkin ring or put a pop, bright pop in your flowers. Like have fun with the colors, have fun with the patterns. It's such, there's just so many options for Easter and spring. That is honestly the most fun time to set a table, I think. It is. It's any excuse to use tulips is a good thing to me. Yeah. And the gingham, we can get away with using all the gingham and that is such an easy layer table it is and you know my mom is such a big fan of your products and she was the one that actually told me about the digital downloads page that you have with Uh, wallpaper designs and I just saw that you have the cutest bunny place cards that would be so cute for Easter on there yep we have free bunny place cards which we coming up will be putting out a lot on our Instagram and newsletter subscribers, but you can always go and get them all year round. And yeah, it's a fun activity for the kids because they're just an outline. So the kids can cut them out. They can color them in if they want. They can write the guests' names. They can set the, you know, I am also, side note, a fan of um, assigned seats at dinner parties. (laughs) Yes. I love the social engineering. Um, I also think, you know, you are with your spouse all the time, like mix it up. I think you can, it creates much more fruitful conversation when you socially engineer who's where. So I'm a big fan of a place card, clearly. (laughs) It does just do that. And also people just feel more comfortable when they're told where to sit instead of like hesitating around the table. Like 100%, especially if there's like one single person there and they feel awkward. Like going back 
to what I said in the beginning, I do think that helps with like, because people feeling comfortable, like they know where they can sit. They know where they can put their purse. They know like they have a safe spot. I, yeah. So that goes right back to that. And well, I will link that page in the show notes in case anybody wants to download those place cards or the adorable wallpaper designs. I have (laughs) (laughs) the blue willow on mine right now, but I just saw that you have the April Camilla Moss design. I'm going to download that one for myself. I love, love that design too. I love that. It's perfect for a phone background because it's kind of light, simple. Yes. Okay. Well, I really like to ask each of my guests, what does hospitality really mean to you? So I think I kind of answered this in the beginning. So maybe I was think I already knew it was coming, but I think hospitality means seeing creating a warm, welcoming space where people feel they are allowed to come in, they feel comfortable, they feel like they belong. I think hospitality is the ambiance and the feeling in your space that you create. That's a beautiful description. And how do you keep stress to a minimum when you're entertaining? Okay, this is so funny. This goes right back to a tip I learned from my mom watching her. And we used to make so much fun of her. And she, my biggest stress-free tip is, first of all, once the guests start showing up, just turn on the music and forget because they won't notice what didn't get done and just enjoy. But the other thing is, is she, I inevitably always forget to put something out, whether it's part of the dessert or appetizers or a side dish. So she taught me to put all your dishes out and put a sticky note in all of them about what goes in what. And that way, once it comes time to serving, if like Susie wants to help you or you, one of your kids is helping you, you like, it's easy to go. It's ready to go. It's easy. You don't have to think and nothing is forgotten because I am the queen of forgetting one thing always. That is great advice. And you know that you have a place for everything and everything has its its place if you planned it ahead of time because it gets crazy. And once everyone starts arriving. Right. And like, oh, I need a bigger dish for the meatballs, but I use that for something else. It just like kind of becomes hectic during serving time. I find that the most hectic part of entertaining is the serving and the meal or, you know, sitting down for the meal. So just like puts a little like ease into that moment. And speaking of forgetting things, I know that things don't just go as we plan ahead of time for a lot of times, and that can really actually make the best stories. Do you want to share any little problems or disasters that you've had? Oh my gosh, this one's kind of funny. It's not a big dinner party, but it's a... You know, everything's not Instagram. So there we have it. So um, our busiest season is obviously the holidays because we have the holiday season and then we're going into wholesale season, which starts the week after New Year's. And so I wasn't going home for Thanksgiving for a couple of years in a row. And my mom and dad decided to come visit me. And so we were going to cook a little turkey breast in my little, you know, galley kitchen. And it was going to be all lovely, you know, since it's just a little turkey breast. It was good. We were going to do it later in the afternoon. So my mom wakes up and we're, you know, enjoying coffee. She goes, oh, let's set the table. My friends cannot wait. It's actually a two-part mess up story. It's just a bad day. <laughs> we cannot wait to see how you set your Thanksgiving table. And I was like, oh, 
I don't have anything to set my table with. Everything's at my office. I didn't have any placemat, <laughs> no tablecloth and nothing. Absolutely. I just didn't, I just forgot. She goes, no. And I rummaged around and I found from leftover photo shoot, like five crab placemats. So we set the table. <laughs> my five crab placemats. And I had those, um, you know, those guinea hens that people have with, you know, the big round hen with the little tiny heads. I have some and I was like, well, we'll put the guinea hens on the table. <laughs> and I grew up in Colorado on Little Turkey Creek Road. So I always had these turkey feathers, you know, not for Thanksgiving, but they were perfect. So it was like such a horribly ad-libbed, horrible table. But we la- we got a good laugh and I was like, you're not allowed to send one person this picture. That is <laughs> funny. Her reputation. But then, okay, we got over that. And, you know, I live next to the National Mall in DC. So we went for like a long three hour walk. We come back and while we were gone, my oven decided to somehow be- blow the entire fuse in my condo. So no, no electricity was working and my oven broke. It wasn't even on. We don't know how it happened. Oh my gosh. no oven. And it was... It was like 2.45 and Whole Foods closed at three. So my mom and I ran to Whole Foods and we bought turkey cold cuts and like cranberry sauce and bread and we made turkey sandwiches for dinner. Oh my goodness. But, you know, we had a good laugh and, you know, all worked out because the next day is Black Friday and I got a really good deal on the new oven. <laughs> well, that well, that was convenient. Right. So it's oh. kind of just like, but, you know... In the end, we still laugh about it and we had a great time. And, you know, it's never about the food or anything. It's about the company. And so you have to remember that. Exactly. <laughs> never about the table or the food. Yes, it's, it really is when things go wrong that that you have the best memories, you know, from what happened. Yeah. Just rather than just something that went perfectly as planned. and Exactly, exactly. Now, what is the one piece of advice that you would give a new hostess that is just getting started? I think I mentioned this already. The second the first guest rock, walks in the door, forget it all. Whatever's done is done. What's not done is not done. And it's time to enjoy because that's like, you'll enjoy it and all the effort you put in, they'll enjoy it. It's awkward when you walk into a house and like they're still frantically running around, like they feel like they came too early, you know, what they're not right. really wanted. So I think the biggest thing is, is once the guests start arriving, like start enjoying. Good advice. It is now time for our speed round. Are you ready? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> Are you a peep lover or hater? Am I a pink lover or hater? Oh, peep, like Easter peeps. Oh, or peep, Christmas. hater, 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 hater. hater. Who was your teenage celebrity crush? Oh, um, Ryan Reynolds, and it still is. What's your pet peeve? Oh, um, what is my pet peeve? I have so many. Um, Tardiness. All-time favorite cookbook? Okay, um, Just Married by Caroline Chambers. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, she, well, you should follow her on Instagram. She's fabulous. I went to high school with her and it's great for recipes for, you know, if you're cooking for just like four or less people, which I love. Oh, those are good because it it can be hard. Your favorite vacation spot? Um, Skiing. I'm from Colorado, so I'll say Vail. And the last one? If not skiing, I'll say Harbor Island. (laughs) And the last one? Name one Instagram account that you are really liking right now. Um, Riley Sheehy. 
um, the watercolor artist that does a lot of licensing. I love everything I see. Oh, I love finding new accounts. Well, before we go, will you please tell where our listeners can find you on social media and your website? Okay. It's Lucy Grimes, but it's spelled L-U-C-Y-G-R-Y-M-E-S. So all wise. Um, that's our Instagram handle. That is our website. And I think those are the only two places. I guess Pinterest, but yeah, those are the two places. <laughs> And I'll link it in the show notes, but there's a underscore. Oh, and a in lot there. of stores. Yeah, there's an underscore. Yeah. But if you type in Lucy Grimes, it should pop up. But okay. we're in 500 retailers across the country. So always send us a DM or email, and we're more than happy to lead you to a retailer near you. Wow. 500. There probably is one close to everyone. If you're in the Southeast, there probably will be one. That's where we're, that's where we're focused. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> Well, Lucy, it's been so fun chatting with you. And I know that our listeners have just got so many ideas now that they can use for their spring tables and how to make it special this time of year. Thank you again. I am just so excited that you were able to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. And layer those tables, people. Don't be afraid. Yes. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.